Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. He's better than Father Christmas. How you doing, Pete? What's going on? I'm, I've certainly drank my green ginger wine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Christmas. yet to, even though we're hurtling towards Christmas, eh, I'm yet to buy pretty much any presents. I've bought one present and one present alone. Uh, and another one for a secret Santa. Uh, and uh, I've bought no food. I've bought no booze for Christmas. I've already started into the Christmas nuts I had bought. So it's going to be a very, it's going to be a very <laughs> Christmas quiet nuts. Christmas for me because I have completely failed to buy anything we need. And <laughs> I like to think that you've bought me a Christmas present this year. You got me that yeah, present well, you bought. Hopefully it's for me. Well, it's I mean, a festive cheer. I, 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 oh, cheer me I up. mean. Probably Christmas. Probably too late for the old. Uh, probably too late for the Bollocks. old uh, Japan. Send Japan me some crisps, goddammit! Really, yeah, send me some bacon and cheese. Sort it out. Somebody bacon used to send me cheese. something. Bacon and you cheese. You could get bacon and cheese there for. No, quite you a can't. Load. No, you can't. Yeah, you Not can. good cheese. Not good bacon. Not good cheese. <laughs> I'm. Um, uh, I'm uh, amidst the twelve days of Christmas still. It's been good, although my body clock is well and truly fucked beyond repair at this point. Yeah. I. Uh, I've been going to sleep at about 5 a.m. every day. And I'll tell you now, Jeez. it doesn't feel healthy because you sort of no. you wake up at midday slash 12.30 p.m. and you feel really groggy and dead. And then it takes six hours for me to get up to speed and I have to drink like four yes. gallons of coffee. Um, and then I end up here where I am now feeling alive. <laughs> and then I, I sort of repeat that process and do it all over again. I've got to film... Uh, some more videos to keep the series going. It has been a lot yeah. of fun, though. It is quite fun, like getting creative and using the studio. And while it's still nowhere near as good as it would have been coming home to the UK for Christmas, <laughs> at least I was able to sort of turn that crappy situation on its head and um, make something <laughs> of December. And the fantastic extra ad revenue. Fun fact uh, if you do YouTube, right, guys, do loads of videos in December. There's a, a lot of people do Vlogmas, right? Which is where you vlog all oh, through right. December. And because uh, the ad revenue is like four times higher in December than, say, January. So yeah. a lot of people work really hard in December, put out as many videos as they can, and then just take January off, which I don't think I'll do, <laughs> but I'm certainly going to take it a little bit easier. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
take advantage no, it's, of it's, it's, um, there's always there's always it's, it's the same with any any kind of um ads ad based thing like everyone just absolutely ruins their uh, their budgets in december they've always got oh, they've God, always yeah. got to spend it by the, by december they're like oh my god i've got i've got a little bit of the budget left and they always spend it and then january nothing <laughs> you get absolutely nothing <laughs> out of it that's the time where everybody like loses their minds and decides to uh, do other things in january never apply that's for true. a job in january very true very <laughs> too true much competition give me the budget give me all the budget i'll spend it on building yeah. a massive cyberpunk warehouse so I, was t- I did a live show last week and somebody asked am i satisfied with the set and i'm very satisfied Never. i don't think this set could be better the only way it could be better is if it was bigger right and i i swear if i had a bigger studio because my studio is just a room with a building it's nothing too big um yeah i if I had like access to a warehouse, I would have done this studio times like five and I would have probably needed a bank loan to fund it, <laughs> but it would have been totally worth it. I saw a clip actually uh, just yesterday someone sent me of even PewDiePie. Uh, he's jealous of the Abroad in Japan studio. He's like fucking there you go. Chris Broad. I'm so jealous of the set. <laughs> Felt pretty good about that. Felt pretty good indeed. Yes. <laughs> ha ha ha. Look at me. Uh, we got a story this week from Eric. Uh, he says, Dear Chris and Pete, uh, I'm Eric from Geneva, and this is the story of how my friend and I had a oh. last evening in Japan that could have ruined all of our vacation. That's a, that's another bold opener. Uh, I just want to say we went to Japan for the new year. So after two peaceful weeks in Japan, visiting most of the big touristy cities like Osaka, Kyoto, Nara, we went back to Tokyo to take our plane back home to Switzerland. We wanted to celebrate our last evening by going to a bar or a club. The thing is, it was just after the new year, so... Everything was kind of closed for the holidays. Eventually, we found a bar in Rapongi. Uh, that was our first big mistake. We finally found a bar where we could have a good time, but after a few hours, the barman told us that we had to close, or he had to close. It was still quite early in the night, and we didn't want to go back to the hotel. The barman then told us he was going to another bar in the building a few floors above us to have another oh. drink. So we went with the barman. After a while in this bar, the time had come for us to go back to the hotel because my friend was starting to get quite drunk. But the problem was the bill was extremely high, around 200 euros for two drinks each. Luckily, I had just enough money left to pay. Bloody hell, that's a lot of money. 200 euros for four drinks. That's yes. do the maths, Pete. That's that's fifty euros a drink. It's like fifty dollars. That's chunky. so after leaving the bar, that's that's not well, that's not good. So after leaving the bar, uh, my friend and I uh, throw up on the entry of the building. <laughs> God, <laughs> Gosh, you know, get <laughs> revenge. We managed to get a, a cab to our hotel. I then heard about your podcast later on and how Rapongi is a notorious district in Tokyo. So my question to you guys is, what would have happened to us if we couldn't pay the bill at the bar? Best regards from a Patreon. Uh, from Switzerland, Eric from Geneva. And thank you, Eric, Ooh. for being a Patreon. If you guys don't know the Abroad Japan Patreon, it's quite good. More bang for buck than any other Patreon you'll ever see. For $2 a month, you get 50-plus exclusive videos. And that's the plug for my Patreon over. Um, <laughs> I'll do my Patreons next. <laughs> yeah, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, if you'd stayed and you hadn't paid, they would have probably got some sort of, Yakuza thug in to intimidate you. They would have like blocked the door. Um, like we've had stories where this has happened. They they often have like a like an enforcer, like a bouncer style person, and they would have called them in and blocked the door. And they wouldn't have let mm. you leave in all odds until you'd handed them your credit card 
uh, or all the money you had in your wallet, or they'd, they'd got hold of your wallet, basically. Um, so it's a serious matter. So be extremely careful where you go. I did go in a Rapongi bar about a year ago, and I was really worried, and I was very stupid going in. Luckily, it turned out to be an all right one. Uh, but do be careful. And uh, we had a story, didn't we? The, the girl and her, the, the woman and her husband who just recently got married and come to Japan on their honeymoon, and they were robbed of 6,000 pounds, I think. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, yeah. Shocking story. I'm actually going to take that story and turn it into a video on Abroad in Japan next year when this, the country mm. reopens, because uh, I think we need to warn as many people as possible about these sort of bars in Shinjuku and Rapongi. I think they're very dangerous. And, you know, I, I remember that story it was horrific. Imagine coming to Japan on a holiday for a honeymoon and coming back with 6,000 pounds worth of debt. You know, I can't begin Probably, to imagine um... how traumatic that would be. It's probably closed down now because of uh, no tourism. <laughs> it's probably yeah, probably it probably went. Oh, sorry, so. shut the clip, shut the clip club, <laughs> shut yeah. them up. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers oh, yeah, crossed. Yeah. Not ideal. What have we got this week on the news front, though, Pete? Any any Chris, nice news to contrast the horrible stories? Imagine if you will. Uh, imagine if you will, uh, Pete Donaldson. He's on a bender. He doesn't know where he is. He is in the middle of a metropolis. He's in Shinjuku and he, he's on top of a roof. And he don't know how he got there. He woke up there. But my God, he wants a Coolish ice cream. Oh, God, he wants a Coolish ice cream. <laughs> Step in. Of course he does. Eleven drone delivery service. So a leading uh, airline, ANA, ANA Holdings, uh, have mm. been working with 7-Eleven Japan to deliver the dream. Drawn deliveries from 7-Eleven, uh, up to five kilograms anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're basically testing out uh, the possibility uh, and, 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 and how it would all work. Uh, sort of uh, get, getting your uh, getting your bits and bobs uh, delivered oh, via drone. I mean, obviously we've heard about this stuff um, elsewhere in the world. This is, I think it's the first time Japan has uh, even trialed it. Uh, the, uh, the idea that you could uh, get stuff from uh, 7-Eleven they stick it on a drone and then they fly to wherever, wherever you might be. All of your groceries, all of your ice cream mm. drinks, maybe a Kit Kat or two. Um, they're hoping to start the service by uh, 2025, offering deliveries within uh, 30 minutes. It's exciting. I don't know how they're going to get across the problem of the um, overhead uh, electricity and phone lines that uh, oh God, obviously yeah. dog the, the streets of Japan. That's all <laughs> it is, just just phone lines and, and electricity lines above your head. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they get, that can actually work in the um, in the Japanese streets. I imagine it'll probably have more, be of more use in uh, in kind of the more rural settings or semi-rural settings. Would that be fair to say, Chris? I think so. I, you know what? I, yeah. I'm really sceptical of all these drone delivery services. Amazon famously did it like two years ago when it was a big PR thing. And I, to my yeah. knowledge, they don't do it. They haven't actually mm. sort of done it. And I, it just doesn't make economical sense in any way, right? As someone who uses drones quite a lot, I fly a drone several times a month for my videos. They're big, they're bulky, they're a little bit dangerous. If one of those things comes down on someone, you know, there's going to be a massive lawsuit. There's going to be chopped off heads. And, uh, I, you know, I nearly took off all my fingers with my drone once when I accidentally screwed around with it. Um, they're very right. kind of, they can be pretty dangerous. And it just doesn't make economical sense, surely, uh, to just chopped have these heads. things in the drone. It just doesn't make economic sense. Surely, well, is it not it? like is it 
Is it not just like, uh, would these drones be slightly different to your kind of drones? Because obviously your kind of drone just has to, it has to be um, smooth, it has to be safe, and it has to be, you know, it has to carry a small camera and also transmit Wi-Fi as well, Wi-Fi images at the same time. These drones probably are got big batteries, uh, quite robust, uh, and it doesn't really matter about the, the the massive stability of them. It just needs to sort of get to where it needs to be. And it obviously, uh, they're carrying is what they can carry is probably more important, I suppose. I mean, drones are pretty different. We're at a point where drones are very reliable now. Um, yeah. I've never had that many issues with my drone. And certainly with this sort of drone, I guess it would have to be extremely reliable. But like, I mean, who's the ideal customer for this? You know, Mr. Takeshi, he works on the farm about an, a <laughs> kilometer from the Seven Eleven. He wants a rice bowl while he's toiling in the field, so he pulls out, gets out his <laughs> yeah, phone. Exactly, hits rice rice bowl, and then ten minutes later, a drone comes flying. We I mean, we have really sophisticated <laughs> delivery services in Japan at the moment. We've got like Walt, we've got Food Panda, uh, we've got Uber Eats, and they're extremely mm. popular these days. And I see that as being just better and far more economical and efficient than having a drone take off someone's got to maintain the drone someone's got to put things in the drone and prep it um i I think japan is one of the better countries that could do it where people are mindful and they care about robots and things here not like the uk if if we had a drone in the uk people just trying to shoot it down i know my (laughs) 11 year old self with a bb gun like an airsoft gun I would just see a, a drone as target practice, and I just don't think it would do very well in like the UK. But uh, I suppose if it's going to work anywhere, Japan is as good as any country to to try and see if it could work. But uh, I think mm. personally, it's just a PR stunt, as as I it guess, always. I is. guess it's kind of. I guess if you're kind of, uh, it's not much. If you see someone, you know, delivering something on a bike or in a car or whatever, I guess it's yeah. it's not. Um, you wouldn't. It would be a massive crime if you you know, smashed up the car, stopped the car, stole the stuff. That would mm. be a big crime. But I guess people would see it less of a crime if you were just throwing something at a drone and collecting whatever it drops. <laughs> like, it'd be, le- it'd be wow. it's slightly more victimless, wouldn't it? You, you know, who are you stealing from there? Uh, basically just Amazon <laughs> or whoever whoever sort of delivered the stuff. <laughs> I don't, well, they'd have to put in some serious rules, right, to sort of stop people from dicking about with these drones. But I guess so, I- yeah. Yeah, I I just think it's a solution to a problem that isn't really there, uh, a problem that's already mm. been solved by delivery people on bicycles and scooters and stuff. So I I don't know. <laughs> it sounds cool, but I I just don't think it's going to work. That's my hot take mm. on it. Someone's going to prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I I you know I did kind of cool to look up one day and think oh it goes a a salmon in a drone and it's being served yeah. to someone. Kilometer away. That's great, isn't <laughs> it's it? A big Man, you know, I get out of bed in the morning and I'm like, I want some chicken, but I don't want to. I want to stay in bed and get the chicken. And the drone comes yeah. to my apartment. How's it going to land? Where's it going to land? I don't even have an outdoor. In your mouth. Space. Land it right in your mouth, mate. It's going to come brilliant. through the window, isn't it? It's going to come through the window right with the chicken in your mouth. Right in your if mouth. That is a possibility. I'm all behind it, but until that day, <laughs> I, I'm skeptical. That's just a PR stunt. But we'll find out soon enough. By 2025, we'll find out. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with the fax machine and your comments and questions. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? Felix has got in touch. Hello, Felix. Dear Chris and Pete, my name is Felix, a final year uni student from the UK studying, among other languages, Japanese. Just a short question, but I'm dying to know, how's your Japanese? More specifically, Chris, what areas are your strongest? Speaking, reading, kanji, listening. Uh, have any uh, areas got rusty over time? Has anything strengthened through the many interviews, conversations and travels you've been able to do? For a learner like myself, I'm always looking for inspiration and advice. So any words of wisdom would be appreciated. Any words of Japanese, I imagine, would be appreciated. Um, are you sort of bigger on your reading? Are you bigger on your sp- Surely you speak better than you read kanji, Chris. That's the mm. most important and d- difficult it's- thing, though. <sighs> I would honestly say I'm better at reading. I can't really pick up a newspaper and just sort of read away easily. But in everyday right. life, sort of more basic stuff, or like to N3 level, I can read quite competently. I use um, right. the only Japanese studying I've done in recent years. There's a website called readthekanji.com, and it presents you with a sentence in kanji characters. And then you read it, yeah. and you have to sort of type out what one of the words are in that sentence to learn it. I see, and I've been right. doing that a lot, and that's really helped my reading. My speaking, <laughs> I tried to combine that study with speaking. So I would read the sentence out and I'd like yeah. take the sentence, read it out loud and sort of say it a few times. And that definitely helped my speaking. And in the run up to the uh, shoot with Ken Watanabe, I really went all out and studied as much as I could. And it did yeah. nothing. 
because I met Ken Watanabe, <laughs> I went, oh, hello, Ken. I'm, I'm brought to Japan. And he Can was we speak like, English, please? I'm scared. <laughs> and he was like, oh, Ken Watanabe. Oh, dear. And, uh, I was too scared and I just didn't speak any Japanese. It just nothing came into my head. Uh, I was right, too nervous. Okay. And I got really angry at myself, actually. Uh, <laughs> that's part of the reason I've had trouble editing the documentary. I'm kind of embarrassed by my own <laughs> performance. Shinyu Cat Nation. It's, it's going to be Cat Nation take two, Shinyu but we came out another. It's going to be bad. No, no it'll be good. He's, he did a good, he's, he's a great guy. But uh, no, so my reading is probably better than my speaking. My listening leads a lot to be desired i'd say that's one of my mm. weakest points if not my weakest point um oh, and my writing's really gone downhill because you don't need to write in everyday life here um you can type it out and when you type on your phone or a laptop um you type out the word right you're not yeah. writing it so for the word cat you would literally just type in neko and then it would come up on screen as a kanji character for cat for neko um right. so unfortunately computer mediated communication has been the downfall of writing in Japan <laughs> and uh, writing skills, but I do, I do want to. I I would really be sad if I get my ten year anniversary in Japan next year, and I'm not sort of more competent than I am. So I'm gonna yeah definitely um, go all out and keep studying and get back on read the kanji. After the Ken Watanabe interview, I was so deflated by my. Um, Japanese performance that I was just like, I'm not studying ever again. I haven't studied in like three or four weeks. <laughs> uh, but I'll get back on it. I'll get back on it. Trust me. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, we've got one here <laughs> from Nick from California. He says, hi, Chris and Pete. It seems like the rest of the world praises Japan for their amazing subways. But I'm wondering, what do Tokyo natives think about them? Are they smug about having one of the most efficient methods of transport? Or do they think their subways need some work to do? Uh, what do you think, guys? Nick from California. What do you think of Japanese subways, Pete? Underground. I think they're cracking. I think they are because <laughs> I never, I never need to travel for work. I never need to travel in the mornings. Um, I think they're the most efficient and uh, beautifully put together. Um, I mean, because a lot of them aren't. They, we call them undergrounds, but like stuff like most of the lines are kind of above ground, aren't they? They're just the city is just built to accommodate above ground mm. um, trains effectively. So they just so you don't spend quite so much time. Although this, some of the stations are absolutely massive, some of the stations aren't massive, and so you don't spend a lot of time either going up escalators or down escalators, upstairs or downstairs. You mm. actually you're already kind of on 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 terra firma. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, you just need to walk out. Absolutely. I do think that uh, the Japanese underground subways, I can't speak for the US, but uh, certainly it's better than mm. London. Uh, obviously, the underground stations in London were built in like the 1800s or mid-1900s, whereas Japan, they're way more modern. Um, yeah. the, the trains are, are bigger and wider and more spacious. I feel a bit claustrophobic going on the London underground, uh, having yeah. spent time in Tokyo now. Um, I think people are, are quite good about them. I've never gone up mm. to someone in Japan and said, what do you think of your underground system? Do you like your subways? Do you like them? <laughs> uh, but I will tomorrow when I see Ryotaro. Do you want to live here? I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll make it. you live here if you want. <laughs> Weirdo. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a message from Alison. Thank you, Alison, for getting in touch. Hey there, charismatic Chris and popular Pete. <laughs> yes. Which one would you choose to be, Chris? That's the question. Are you messing around with your little... Little bit of food, or is that the light for your Christmas tree? It's what are you Christmas doing? Tree. I can see just, you. Just you got your little Christmas tree. Read the questions. Still having fun. Up. 
Sorry. Get back to the questions. Uh, my question is, have, fun. have you ever heard any stories of people who are trans attempting to go to an onsen by chance? I'm a trans woman myself, and I've actually been to Japan twice before, but never have I uh, attempted the onsen adventure out of fear of how it will go. I've never had one misgender me, and uh, bathrooms seem fine, but for obvious reasons, hiding this is a bit tougher in an onsen environment. Uh, but I'd love to be able to visit one with my husband or my, an extra if possible, uh, but I don't want to cause a scene somehow. Thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Alison. I don't even really think of that, to be honest, Chris. I said, I mean, I would, uh, I am not going to speak uh, from any level of uh, knowledge because that's how I operate on this podcast. I would suggest that uh, uh, trans visibility in Japan is next to zero. Uh, zero. And yeah. uh, imagine you're in America in the 70s uh, and it's <laughs> not good and it's not big and it's not clever, but that's kind of the situation uh, that I would suggest it. But but I'm sure there are people who uh, live in in uh, some of the biggest cities who may be able to point you in the right direction. Um, I think I yeah. mean, discords and forums are probably the best one there because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to speculate personally. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't. I've. I don't think I've yeah. ever spoken to any anybody uh, who's had to sort of had that sort of situation arise in Japan. Mm. My advice, I don't know, to, to just in case it gets difficult or whatever happens, I'd say just try and get a private onsen or something. Um, often the yeah, advice I give much, to people yeah. with tattoos as well. I, I, as much as I like hot springs these days, I try and always just get a room with a private outdoor bath if I can uh, when mm. I do travel. Uh, I, I've sort of, I, I, I don't enjoy sitting in a public bath as much as I used to just sitting there surrounded by people. You just can't really truly just relax. I find. So yeah, my mm. advice, just get like an outdoor, nice bath at somewhere like hack on a really beautiful hot spring. I mean, resort. I mean, by better. giving that advice, we're, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. But I mean, by giving that advice, we're sort of going, well, you know, you just kind of hide yourself away and that's not never the, never the right, uh, never the right a, a, a advice, but there's True. literally no other option you would say. Uh, but, and, and as to um, white cis men, <laughs> like we can, well, we can only sort of, we can only sort of go so far and, and, and presumably uh, other people have had that, uh, mm. had that situation uh, before. Yeah, and I and I, I think it's a situation that most people in Japan don't have to sort of they just haven't dealt with ever before. It's, it's that sort mm. of like Japan is very behind on that sort of front, unfortunately. Um, any matter regarding the LGBTQ plus community in Japan, it's kind of like wind the clocks back fifty years, unfortunately. So yeah, yeah unfortunately, yeah. Alison, I don't have any more advice on that front. But uh, yeah, hopefully. You can still enjoy yourself in a hot spring, and I, I yeah, I'd say just get a private onsen. I, I don't think I've been in a public bath in a while now. Certainly during COVID, mm. it's just not been as fun. Just sitting next to someone, thinking, "Oh God, is this, is this worth the risk?" You know, it's much more pleasant. You can truly relax in a good old private outdoor bath in a nice yokohama or a traditional inn. Keep the stories, questions, yeah. comments coming in to Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days, guys, to all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days, and we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now.
Abroad in Japan is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.